You said Y-E-S to buying an HDB flat together. Now, there's another three letters to take note of. I-L-Y? <laughs> I know, B-T-O. No, H-F-E. You need a valid HDB flat eligibility letter if you're applying for your BTO flat. It takes about a month to process your HFE application. So, if you haven't gotten an HFE letter, apply at homes.hdb.gov.sg. That's H-O-M-E-S dot H-D-B dot G-O-V dot S-G. Gold 905, sounds good, feels good. Welcome back on this tasty Thursday with our brand new Makan Kaki. He is Chef Jeremy Nui and he's also not only a consultant, but he is actually talking to us from the Dempsey Project, where lots Hi, of exciting everybody. things are happening. Hello! So you were just saying that, oh, there's nowhere else you want to be anymore. The coffee there, that's where you go for your cuppa. The thing about the Dempsey Project is, in most places, you know, you go, it's the establishment tries to sell you, okay, this is our concept, this is what we want you to eat. By the Dempsey Project, we are your friendly neighbourhood coffee shop. When you come here, it's about what you like. Your favourite dishes, you like fish and chips, eat the fish and chips. You like the burger, we got like a really big and juicy burger. So it's really the things that you want. So one of our favourite things is of course coffee. We need coffee. Yeah, I'm on to my fourth cup already today. <laughs> We're very proud to be able to have Marianne from Casa Coffee. Marianne is from a Venezuela coffee family and she has curated a very special blend, very rare, high elevation, very dark roasted, especially just for us. The flavor profile is a little bit citrusy and fruity, but with chocolate notes on the finish. So it's a little bit toasty and it's a really nice praline finish. So there's a hint of that nuttiness that I think a lot of people will find appealing. And what's also appealing about the Dempsey Project, it's a familiar space. It's on Dempsey Hill. You've got the cafe, you've got the coffees, you've got the food, you've got the sundowners, you've got all these different events lined up as we were talking about it. But you also have a retail section, right? So there's all sorts of artisanal goodies that people can buy from teas to chocolates and whatnot. And you also have the legendary cheese room. You literally walk in and it's air-conditioned and you can just pick all the cheeses you want all in one stop, right? What we do is we have what I call everyday luxury. Mm. So if you like to have a Nutella style spread, we have the Fiasco Naro Italian hazelnut spread made from Piemont hazelnut. We have uh, pistachio butters. We have the best chocolate truffles from Chabonnet and Walker. 150-year chocolatier, rawly appointed by the Queen. If you like after dinner mints, we have Samadown mint made from a single estate black mechum peppermint. So all these things, you know, we have EOT, AOC level, olive oils, vinegars. You know, if you want to try to discover new products, new spices, I think you will love our gourmet country. What I liked about about your cheese room was literally not only do you have quite a wide range of different cheeses from Dutch aged Gouda to truffle filled cheeses to blue cheeses and stuff like that but also within that air conditioned space like a walk-in refrigerator or glass room it's literally like a one-stop place where if you want to pick up all the uh, appetizers for your house party you've got the mm. crackers you've got the breads you've got the spreads you've got all the things if you want it right? Pasty, charcuterie we have biscuits from Pakistan Wheatfield drink sex Millers. If you miss Harrods, you miss Le Bon Marché, you miss the food hall at Bontom. So we import all of this to the Dempsey Project directly. Nice. So this is really like, as you say, everyday luxury. Okay, I want to ask you some questions so that our listeners can get to know you better because, you know, you are, after all, brand new, fresh out of the oven, <laughs> Bakan Kaki. Mm, please take care of me. <laughs> so let's start off with what is your favourite food-related childhood memory? Actually, my mom always says 
says that the only way to get me out of the bed is to tell me she's going to the market. <laughs> and I would literally jump out of bed. And one of the most favourite things I like to eat is like black chai tau kui. A fried carrot cake. Mm. So as we stayed at Jalan Raja and there was at Jalan Tantaram, which is I think now St. Michael's estate, there was a whole market and one of the stalls there, the black chai tau kui, I always remember is like charred and caramelized and crispy and there'll be all these tiny, like salty type of bits. Right? That memory is really just burned into my heart. Wow. Yeah, it's those elusive foods from your childhood that you can't find anymore that really sticks and stays with you, huh? Mm. Okay, so that's a delicious food memory. What about the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? One of my most favorite expressions about food is how food becomes a little sticky note for a memory in your life. Yeah. So one of the most memorable trips that I have was actually to Jeju in Korea. Mm. And we discovered a lot of things during that trip. Like we discovered halabong oranges by accident because we ordered an orange pizza. It turned out that they would slice fresh halabong oranges onto a mozzarella pizza. I thought I heard wrong. You're saying pizza. P-I-Z-Z-A. Pizza. Exactly. <laughs> With yes. orange? So we were cycling to a volcano in Jeju Island and we had to stop. So I saw the sign painted on the side of a building that says Cafe Latte. So I thought, okay, you know what? Let's just stop here and get a drink. Yeah. So we went in and I saw a kiln firing. I'm thinking it's so strange, but I can't read any Korean, right? Yeah. So there are all these menus on the side of the wall. So I tried to find the geolocation for the restaurant. And all I saw was strange pictures of pizza with slices of orange on it. I decided to say, okay, do you have this? And they said, yeah. So at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, we ordered this famous pizza that they were known for. And it turned out that it was actually halabong oranges. $10 oranges that you would slice up. Wait, wait. So one orange is $10? Yes. In Singapore, you will get these oranges when in season. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it comes from Jeju and we we were there in the season, but we never had halabong before. Yeah. And let alone oranges on pizza. Yeah. That sounds so pretty we weird, it, but wonderful. So strange. It was so good. It was just mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah. And ever since, we've been always hunting halabong oranges, but the taste will never be the same. I think your first bite or first try of anything that you've never had before is the one that really cannot be beat. Mm. Is there any food or ingredient that you cannot stand? I know it sounds really cheesy. Mm-hmm. I a bit cliche as well, but I really feel like I do can taste love and passion and dedication in a certain person's dish. So one of the things that really turns me off, so to speak, is when I feel like this person who made the dish didn't put in interest or didn't put in effort to like making sure the dish came out of this. This interest and complacency is the worst thing you can add to a dish. Oh, so yes, yours is more of a philosophical ingredient. This interest and complacency have no place as ingredients in food. But don't you think like you can really taste like you always say, oh, you can taste the love and passion, right? But it's uh-huh. real. Yeah, you can. Really taste when people cannot be bothered. You can mm. tell that they didn't care. So the next question is: What three utensils can't you live without? <laughs> this is easy. Okay, Chinese guy. Uh, so I need chopsticks. So even when I cook, I actually don't use tongs. I love using chopsticks. So and even course, if you're cooking Western food, the chopsticks mm, come yes, out. Yes, chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of course my fingers. Uh, but if you count, then that's chopsticks. Sorry. <laughs> 
I love it. And okay, we've talked a lot about all the different food experiences you've had and the foods that you have created. Is there a guilty pleasure food, something that you always like to eat but it's a naughty one? I love laksa. Me too. You know, it's like spicy, it's lemak. But your stomach is not good, you have a sore throat, you can't sleep well, you know you really shouldn't be eating like such a heaty dish. But you just can't tahan. Yeah. And then you see pictures of it, other people ordering it, the support looks nice. And you really just have to try it. I mean, I literally do stop. If I see laksa on a menu and it has to be the lemak kind of laksa, I have to mm. have it. But I was just literally just talking with a, a listener today about it. We're like, okay, laksa has to be very lemak, has to be spicy. You have to have lots of the laksa leaf. You got to have lots of taupok. And if you can, put more siham. But then all of that works out to be a super high calorie, high cholesterol <laughs> indulgence. And then like when you finish the, you know, the, you always see this like HDB, you know, like, oh, drink less of the sauce and the soup, right? But yeah. then after you finish your noodles, then you see all the nice bits of heavy like at the bottom of the bowl. Then you think like, wow, I cannot waste, right? My mother teach me not to waste food. Then within <laughs> seconds, you realize that, oh, what have I done? <laughs> I finished all the gravy. I know, but we cannot resist. But I guess that's why it's a guilty pleasure. So where do you like to go for laksa? I will make it at home. <laughs> Spoken like a true the, chef. <laughs> but if I have to go out to eat it, I kind of like the Kasung Laksa, the 328 one. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the Sungai Road one is something that I will go and hunt down. So. Sungai Road but, is, I feel, like a daintier, lighter, less mm. indulgent, but also very delicious laksa experience. But recently, I saw that the Alexander K-Pot Laksa is back. Yeah, when it used to be at Depot Road. Depot Road, that's right. I used to have it at least once a week. And it was really like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a heart attack. Really lama, yeah. Terrible. No, your stomach bloats and then you have to like waddle (laughs) back to the office. But like, oh, you know, there was an uncle and auntie who used to really serve it in those like searing hot clay pots. And it would be bubbling away. You burn your mouth, but it hurt so good. And it was really extra, extra rich, coconutty, creamy and irresistible. You know, I would love it when you open up the clay pot and you can see that cream of the coconut. Yeah. like coating the top layer you know yeah. you know it's like super lama already so the thing is that of course it's no longer at Depot Road it has moved to Alexandra Village I don't know if the stanzas are still the same but isn't this the usual refrain when we talk about hawker food you know can I just share something as someone who has tried replicating some of these classic dishes mm. it's that trying to get the consistency is really difficult and it's almost impossible because every day the ingredients change you're working in fresh prawns, you're working with like lifetime, you're working in like the seasonality of vegetables. So if you're expecting a really consistent product, if it is always the same, then you know that it's actually a highly processed product, right? Only fishbowl and luncheon meat taste the same like, all the time. But if you're working with fresh ingredients, if you're working with like good quality eggs, good quality coconut cream, it will always change. So the chefs, every day when they make their laksa broth, their stock, they are roasting the char siu, they are frying the char kway teow, they are every day, every single plate, they're starting from zero trying to build the same flavor to match the expectations that you had the last time yeah. this is extremely difficult to do you know it's the same thing like if you watch my mother cook her laksa or pranakan food and you're like what are you doing mom this is not the same as the last time then she's like you have to feel mm. the dish then I'm like oh yeah there's no formula per se because yeah. it comes from years of experience that you control the consistency exactly. bowl by bowl plate by plate right and, and people think that the word aga aga means to get but yeah. it's not. 
Aga-aga is a very precise estimation of the ingredients and the quantity based on your experience and instinct to achieve a consistent result that is to your mood, to your intention. Wow. It's very difficult to do. Listen to you. You are like a food dictionary. You have just given us the definition of aga-aga. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like fine calibration. So it's not careless or without thought. A lot of skill and control goes into the agaration, right? But this is also the fun thing about our hawker food, you know. And the dishes are made by, you can say, a master and artist and operator but the hawker is also a person mm. and their food will evolve so it doesn't mean that it is good today tomorrow is going to be the same but it also means that if today the food was not good it doesn't mean the food cannot evolve and get better and the quality can improve over time so even if we think that Alexandra Village the depot road claypot laksa maybe not in a claypot now maybe not so good now but you never know in the very near future maybe they will come out with an even better version that surpasses our expectations from before man talking about this it makes me want to go now to try just to see how it goes alright moving on to the question that I love to ask all my makankakis it's the fantasy dinner party scenario who would you invite to this fantasy dinner party they can be dead or alive famous or not famous real not real up to you what would you serve them and why do you choose these guests recently I watched this Disney movie called Ganto. One of the things that when I was watching it, even in like the opening songs, was like how crazy these guys are. <laughs> and when they have these dinner parties, right, it really reminded me of the pre-COVID days going out. We would have all our cousins over, like all our 26 cousins and like 15 aunties and uncles, like all in the same place having this like giant potluck dinner. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And I, when I saw that movie, right, if I were to throw a dinner party, right, I think these are the people that I want over. You want- want the family from Encanto to come over? Yes, the Madrigal family. They're on their way <laughs> to your dinner party. Yeah. Hey, I can ask Bruno come also, don't worry. He's not ostracized or anything. No, no, we don't talk about yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> That is so cute And I love how You know Really Encanto has Just captured the imagination Of so many people Young and old And this also just shows me That you're such a family guy Right? My wife and I Watched it by ourselves So my kids didn't watch it (laughs) (laughs) Now you know Who the real kid is In the family Oh my gosh And you guys enjoyed it so much Um, I hope that One day your kid Gets to watch Encanto (laughs) (laughs) Maybe when he's older I will let him So what would you Feed the magical Family Madrigal. They look like they will enjoy like a traditional heritage dinner. I would definitely do like a top panjang style, but I would do this crazy nasi lama bar with like satay barbecue and pangang on the side. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a party. Nasi lama bar, so pick and choose whatever you want, mix yes. and oh my gosh, satay on the yeah. side. Yes. Live barbecue station. Hey, can I come too? Come on, I invite the whole village. <laughs> that is really one solid Tok Panjang. And of course, Tok Panjang means in like the Nonya tradition, the long table. So a lot of makan being served and it's almost like a special occasion. That is your fantasy dinner party. I love it. One of the most fun answers I've gotten. And when we next come back, it's down to you, Makan Kaki, to share with us some of your favourite hawker places. And as such a champion, I really can't wait to hear what you have to recommend. Don't go anywhere. 
Mom, can you cook next week? I'd like to invite the extended family over for a meal. <sighs> I'd love to, but my hands are numb and tingly. Difficult to stir the pot or cut the vegetables. This might be due to nerve damage. Try Neurobion. It's packed with high-strength vitamin B1, B6 and B12. Clinically proven to regenerate and nourish the nerves. Wow, I'll give it a try. Can't wait to cook again. Get Neurobion from Watson's today. Put life back in your hands with Neurobion.